It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here as it's dry in here. Uh, The rain is continuing. I really think from the time I signed off yesterday until this morning, it may not have ever stopped raining. Uh, There's roads around that, that are flooded out and it's communities that are kind of stranded a little bit so if you're in that scenario uh, we're, we're kind of thinking about you but if you're you've got to travel through those areas again be mindful of that because uh, there's a lot of things down out there there's a lot of uh, water going across roadways and if you hit it too fast uh, it can be a be a bad morning for you so uh, be careful uh, use all precautions and and again uh, kind of thinking about those that have already had some impact uh, from these these epic can't stop won't stop kind of storms, but uh, but nonetheless we're we're in here having fun today as we're going to grind it out about recruiting, kind of the results that that were last night, and then also some of the things Jeremy Pruitt said in his uh, in his conference talking about players and talking about you know what what was added yesterday and just two two recruits added yesterday D Beckwith and Malachi Weidman two of the three that we talked about yesterday came to Tennessee I picked one of one you know I, I was like well one will probably go to Ole Miss and one will pick us both of them pick us that's a good time for me to be wrong I'm kind of okay with that but yeah Tennessee adds a highly regarded two players yesterday D Beckwith Malachi Weidman uh, both Weidman and Beckwith now are signed. The Vols have 23 players in their 2020 class. They also got a couple of transfers, as we talked about yesterday, Cade Mays and Vellis Jones. After Wednesday's editions, Tennessee is a consensus top 10 rated class in the country, and this is without Mr. Zach Evans. He said, I think recruitment recruiting has a little bit of momentum to it, Jeremy Pruitt said, he said, when you get guys that start committing to a certain school, guys want to be a part of that. Right now, we won six straight games and seven out of our last eight. Uh, That created some momentum on the field and some in December. We've done a nice job closing in the early period, and the spots that we had to fill today, I couldn't be happier about the guys that we added. That's Jeremy Pruitt. He said, I feel like the momentum we created on the field helped to affect uh, recruiting. Beckwith comes to the Vols from Florence, Alabama. It's always nice to pick him out of that state uh, where he played on both sides of the ball for Florence High School and also starred on the basketball court and track and field. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty dynamic. And, and, and when he committed, he had him in a football uniform and a basketball uniform. Looks like he's going to try to dual sport uh, this thing, and we'll see uh, how that shakes out. But uh, at the moment – uh, D. Beckwith is a, is kind of a freak. I mean, he's a guy who can do it. And honestly, his prowess is probably more basketball than it is football, but uh, has come on as of late on the football field as well. 
He said D's a guy that we targeted early. He's one of those guys that in high school football had the ball in his hand a lot. He played wildcat quarterback, running back, wide receiver, safety, and some linebacker. He's a guy that projects to play a number of positions, but when you watch him play, where he's the most dynamic is with the ball in his hands. That's what we're going to do with him uh, when he gets here, and we're going to give him the opportunity to put the ball, uh, get the ball in his hands. But again, he's a great athlete. So I think I think Pruitt says that, and 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 Jim Chaney looks at him and go, "You're going to take him to do defensive back, aren't you?" you're going you're gonna to see that he can catch the ball, but he still has good moves, and you're going to take him to defensive back. Because that seems – Jeremy Pruitt likes having great athleticism uh, in the backfield of the defense. And, and, and you know, that's kind of his, his thing. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way whether he – you know, it's all about how Vellis Jones, I think, f- factors in. You know, is he, is he a really big component? Because there's guys like Jalen Hyatt and some of these other freshmen that could fill up this wide receiver side – Maybe you use D'Angelo Gibbs, use D Beckwith uh, in the backfield of the defense to open some things up. But he said, as a senior, Beckwith was first team All State and the number seven rated player in the state of Alabama. Uh, he was a Super 12 All State team member and also totaled 1,055 rushing yards, 589 passing yards, and 526 receiving to go along with 27 touchdowns. Beckwith helped the Falcons reach the second round of the 7A playoffs after leading the team to its first playoff victory in five years. Wideman hails from Sarasota, Florida, where he was a star wide receiver at perennial powerhouse Venice High School. With the help of Wideman, Venice reached the 2019 Class 7A state semifinals. Another athlete, great athlete, Pruitt said, I have the opportunity to watch him play a basketball game, and you can just see the athleticism all over the court. So when you watch him on the football field, his catch radius, his instincts to play the position, his ability to high point the football, his toughness, and the fact that he's a very fluid athlete means that he has a very high ceiling, and we're really excited to have him be a part of our program. Weidman uh, had a breakout senior season, catching 65 passes for just to touch over 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns, more than doubling his career output. Uh, he was named to the inaugural Sports Illustrated All-American team for his performance, and then Weidman is an elite athlete who also plays basketball and won the 2019 City of Palms Classic Dunk Contest. So it's always good to have that athleticism. If you remember, you know, Tennessee back in the day when they were really good, they had guys like Willie Galt who was also a track athlete. They had guys like, you know, Todd Helton. And, and don't get me wrong, Todd Helton didn't win a bunch of games for Tennessee, but just to have that kind of that caliber of worker, that caliber of person on your team, he played baseball, but he was also a backup quarterback. You, you had guys that came off the track team that came off, you know, Ron Whidbey. I mean, you look way, way back. Ron Whidbey played everywhere. I mean, he, he was baseball, basketball, football. I mean, he was everywhere. Uh, you talk about Condridge Holloway, baseball bat, or baseball football. Uh, so the fact of multi-sport potential creates a really good, uh, a really good, well-rounded athlete, if that makes any sense um, in, in that regard. But you know, I thought Jeremy Pruitt did a good job last night, kind of closing the things out. Uh, he, you know, he he talks about not only uh, the deal 
with with recruiting because I think that was kind of the big deal yesterday was was what happened with recruiting. But but Pruitt's interested in getting the most out of every press conference. That way he doesn't do very many of them. Uh, you, you know, he talked about uh, Cade Mays, one of the transfers. He said, and I quote, he said, I believe he is one of the best offensive linemen in the SEC. That's a big statement. There's a lot of big men and a lot of big offensive linemen in the state. But you look at Vellis Jones, he said he's a grad transfer from USC who's a punt kick returner but has a lot of experience with Coach Martin. I thought that was funny. He called him Coach Martin. Had an opportunity to recruit him uh, uh, when he was at USC as far as T. Martin. And he's also a guy that added a valuable experience and leadership to a position where we need help. Uh, we lost a lot of production at the receiver position, so it's good to have him in there. I thought that was a really good point because you, you look at it, and, and everybody knows Callaway and Jennings are leaving, and, and that's a that's a huge void. I'm I'm interested in in how is it is it Palmer that steps up and makes that that transition? Is it is it Johnson? You know, everybody. I, I think that's a name that gets lost in the shuffles, Brandon Johnson. But is it one of those guys? that really uh, can step in? Is it D'Angelo Gibbs? You know, is it a guy that, that we didn't really see a lot from this season based on red shirt or based on limitations? Is it one of these freshmen? Is it Jordan Holiday? Is it, is it Jalen Hyatt? Is, you know, how do, they, how do they rinse this out to get the best playmakers out there? And I think between Jim Chaney and T. Martin, I've got all the confidence. I mean, I know a lot of people say I carry the water for UT. Well, fine. <laughs> Call me Bobby Boucher. I don't care. I, I'll, I'll carry water uh, for things I think that need to be carried. And, and that's where it's at. I think the two signees yesterday um, are really good additions. I think when you add athleticism, it allows you to have versatility because if you need a, a little help on the, on the defensive side, you can pull them. But if you get, if you get defensive backs with stone hands, you don't have that flexibility to go the other way. If you get wide receivers that don't like to get hit, you can't go the other way. And these guys are physical specimens, and they can they can do a lot of things. He said, uh, the two signees today, we'll start with Malachi. He said, you know, you know I he, he's just a guy that, that works really hard, uh, has a huge catch radius, and uh, he loves to high point the football. Talks about D. Beckwith. Uh, said he's one that uh, saw him on the basketball floor and actually called Coach Barnes and said, uh, you might want to check this out. Uh, but just a huge athlete, uh, and, and it's one of those that when you look at the total class, uh, they've got a lot of those. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of big men that was put in this class, and he said, when you look at the wide receiver group, I believe this is one of the best wide receiver recruiting groups in the country when you talk about potential. At the quarterback position, we added two guys. That's become kind of standard across college football, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think when you look at it, uh, across college football, there's all the turmoil, all the turnover at the quarterback position. So I think you got to constantly add pieces there uh, to make sure you have enough uh, should something go south, should someone get injured, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought they added two really good ones. Uh, Jordan Halliday is technically a quarterback, but I, I could see him switching very similar to Jawan Jennings. And then I see, uh, you know, Harrison Bailey. He's the future. Is he the immediate future? I think we'll find out in the spring as he's there working and trying to do his thing. But uh, I think long term, I mean, just past this year, he's the guy. 
He's the guy that uh, that that we need. And, and maybe you, you know, I think riding some momentum. I think maybe you take some lumps early and you go ahead and get him in there. But I, I think as we see spring football and see that that gap, see if he's closed it, see what that looks like. Uh, we'll know a lot more about Harrison Bailey. Um, but I, I thought it said you, you know talked about uh, adding adding two guys at the quarterback position, and then three tailbacks. Uh, again, one of those being T. Hodge here from Maryville High School. He said, then you turn around and look defensively, and we added some guys up front. We're really excited about that. He said, we feel like with the character they have, all of the intangibles and their makeup, it's going to be a really good fit with the guys we have returning. This says a lot about everyone we have in our recruiting department, our assistant coaches, our players, our administration, and everyone we have involved with the recruiting process. A lot of time, a lot of times in recruiting, you say, Who's recruiting this guy or who's recruiting that guy? And it really takes everybody. I think our coaches would be the first to tell you uh, there's a lot that goes into the recruiting process. Our recruiting department, our operations, our strength and conditioning, our academics, we have so much to sell here, and everyone is on board to help us get to where we want to get. Uh, he said we've had a few additions to our coaching staff. I thought, that, you know, again, taking the time to, to kind of add those. Talked about Jay Graham. And I thought it was good because he he uh, he balanced things. You, you know he 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 understands T. Martin, J. Graham are homeboys. You know they're they're uh, you know they're Tennessee guys at the utmost. And I think Jay sold that last night in a couple videos. But you know at the same rate, they're good college football coaches, and that's why they're here. They went to Tennessee. That's a that's a bonus. They did it at the highest level here. That's a bonus. But the fact that they're really good coaches is why they're here. He said, Jay's a guy I coached with at Florida State. I had a chance to play against him when he played here. I'm very familiar with Jay. He said, first off, when you talk about the kind of person he is, we're excited to bring him in. His wife, Kelly, and their five children, he said they he played at Tennessee. He's from right across the line in North Carolina. He wanted to be here. And when you talk about the guys that he coached over the years, the experience that he has as a coach in this league, is huge. He's a guy that can develop the running back position, and you're also talking about a guy that has high character and is a great guy to recruit to. So I think I think all of that, you look, and he does. He has a pedigree now that, that you can look back on and say, you know, he didn't just have one great athlete that made him look good. He's had a lot of good kids come in that he's turned into great athletes. And, and what I'm saying by that is you look at Dalvin Cook, you look at Cam Akers, you look at any running back that, that Texas A&M's had the last couple of years under Jimbo, he's developed somebody to be a workhorse. However, that needs to look. He knows how to how to recruit and how to play the scat back. He knows how to, to, to really – one thing I've noticed about uh, Jay Graham's running backs is ball security, and I think that's a big thing for Pruitt is not putting the ball on the ground. And, and if you – you may, if you follow Florida State or if you follow A&M a lot closer than I do, uh, you may be able to say, well, no, they turned the football over. I looked, trying to find, you know, any Aggie fumble problems, any any Seminole fumble problems. You can't find them. I mean, everybody's going to knock one loose every now and again, but that's one thing that I think sold a lot of people on. on he He's a fundamental guy. He, he, he teaches the guys to run hard to run straight ahead, and to hold on to the football. And I think at the end of the day, the power side of it comes through strength and conditioning, the 
the vision. That's something that's an intangible that you really it's you can you can critique it and you can kind of perfect it, but a lot of that stuff comes to you, uh, I guess, standard issue. But you, you know, I think I, I think it's one of those things uh, that Jay Graham's got a little bit of pedigree now that he can look up and say, if you want to be a good running back, I can get you there, but you got to work hard. And I, I think that's a huge huge thing to have and then that he's an alumni he can look them square in the face and say I did it right here you can do it right here too and and that's a that's a huge selling tool but they also had the opportunity uh, to add Joe Osevet and his wife Sandy to the full-time staff Uh, he said Joe has been with us for two years he's a guy that was a head coach at Nassau Junior College and ASA Junior College and a guy that I didn't know when I took the job here he said, but I have watched film on some of the teams that he used to coach, and I was very impressed. I gave him a call and gave him an interview for a position coach. Ironically, uh, it, it was the wide receiver position that David Johnson got that he has now vacated that kind of spun this into, into action. But he said, I gave him a call for an interview for a position job, but we had at the time and didn't hire him. Uh, but it was a guy that we wanted on our staff. He's done a fantastic job off the field. I think he's a very bright mind and brings a lot of good ideas to the offense. He said, when we first got here, uh, I said, Brian Niedermeyer, and and, and that was kind of the addition of of Osevet. He's going to be the tight ends coach. I think that's a great position for him. If you ever went to practice, Osevet was involved. Uh, He was a a guy that kind of was off the, the beaten path. He wasn't necessarily in their formation fixing, but he was a guy that, that, that when the players came off and and whether they had just got chewed out or whether they had done something really good, he wanted them to know, like, fundamentally where that was and why that was the way that that should go. And, and with a lot of young players and a new culture coming in, that's huge. That you got to have that guy. And he, he did that and worked hard, and he got rewarded for it to be on the full-time staff. But it said also the Brian Niedermeyer movie. So when we first got here, I said that Brian Niedermeyer is a guy that can coach on either side of the ball. He played offense in high school and college, and, he, and when he became a coach, he spent most of his time on the defensive side. He has done an excellent job with our tight ends the last two years, but with the flexibility that Brian has, moving him to inside linebackers is going to be a great addition. It's going to be a great. It's going to be great for him because it shows the value that he has as a coach and his versatility as a coach. That's what Jeremy Pruitt said about him. He said we're excited about the additions that we have and the direction of our program. Uh, he said, you know, th- this is one of those things when you when you have staff turnover, you have the opportunity to fix it and get better, and you, gotta, you got the opportunity to get worse. Uh, the only thing that he didn't nail down yesterday was who was going to be the special teams guy, and I think over the next few weeks uh, that, that'll kind of line itself out. I'm not sure that it will be one guy. Uh, I think Jay Graham has experience doing that at Florida State. Uh, I think, you know, you, you look at it, and they all somewhat coach special teams, but is anybody tagged with that that role? Who knows? Uh, I think only only Pruitt will know, and it'll come out uh, as the spring comes to be, and they kind of roll that out. But he said, uh, we're excited about the additions we have, the direction of our program, and our kids are working really hard. Uh, that's one of the things with being out on the road for three weeks. I really haven't had the opportunity to see the players but he said, as you come in, some of them are involved with recruiting, which is is the month of January is not nearly as big as far as numbers where it, it is in recruiting as it used to be. But he said, you don't see 
as many guys. It's interesting how many guys have seen me on the weekends and I have an opportunity to spend time with. But the last couple days being in the office and giving them a chance to see um, them work around us has been really good. It, it kind of excites me on where we're headed. And he said, with the work ethic that, that these guys have, we're off to a good start this semester academically. He said, I'm kind of excited to get into a full-fledged offseason and get ready for spring ball. So I think, you know, already it, it's amazing uh, how quickly he'll turn the page uh, because he really um, he really does a really good job uh, of, of kind of digging in and getting that off and running. But let's uh, – Let's take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. We've talked Tennessee recruiting. We've talked the players that were added. We've talked the the coaches that were added. And now let's do a little Q&A with, with Coach Pruitt. And, and he was asked questions last night, and we'll give you the responses that he gave on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, 
thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Join us for the Blunt Broadcasting Basketball Rivalry Series, Maryville versus Alcoa. Game number two of the series is Friday, February the 14th at Alcoa High School. Girls action starts at 6 p.m. and the boys take the court immediately after the girls game. Wayne Kaiser will be courtside to bring you play-by-play of each exciting minute of the action. You can hear the games on WKVL 100.9 FM and WGAP. 105.9 FM, AM 1400, and on the live stream at WKVL.com. It's the Blunt Broadcasting Basketball Rivalry Series, Maryville versus Alcoa, on Friday, February 14th, starting at 6 p.m., right here on WKVL and WGAP. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to The Grind. We've kind of went over the the players that were gotten, the coaches that were gotten uh, here in this offseason of 2019 into 2020. But yesterday, Jeremy Pruitt hit the podium and was talking a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the, I guess, the landscape of recruiting. And, 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 you know, he gets asked questions in the Q&A section. And I always think it's funny because, you know, there's questions that he's really interested in answering, answering and you can tell right on his face real quick the ones that he's not. So, funny, I'll try to try to go through the ones with good answers, and then we'll just kind of kind of skip over those that he uh, was less than, than interested in. Uh, it said on what his take is on, on recruiting near Tennessee instead of nationally. And he said, you always want to start at home. Uh, which is our state. He said we t- we signed 10 guys uh, out of our state in this class, and you work out from there. He said the brand that Tennessee has, you can recruit anybody across the country. I think you have to do a good job of, number one, home base, and then, then work out. He said you don't want to spend your time 12 hours away from Knoxville a whole lot. He said because most times, probably because your success rate isn't a- as good there, uh, you want to be efficient with your time and make sure you're recruiting the right guys. I think Drew Hughes and his staff in the recruiting department has done a really nice job on creating a plan with our coaches in the areas that they're going to recruit, setting our boards, which I think is really important, and we're always watching tape to try to re-rank our players. 
He said, we're getting ready to start the next couple of classes here. Uh, he said, we have most of these guys on our board, and you want to follow up. He said, you're always trying to gather as much information as possible, and we'll, we'll always recruit anybody anywhere that wants to come to Tennessee. But I thought, I thought you know, that's a really good finish to that question. But um, I think that's a really good point. You know, one, I, I don't think that Drew Hughes and his staff uh, get a lot of credit. I, you know, I think these, these big-time recruiters are set up well, and I think those that can't maybe aren't set up so well. Uh, and, and and I think that's a that's a key piece that he brought out there was is is that they they do kind of have a plan. It's not oh, well, let's just go to Florida today. It's raining in Knoxville. Well, let's just go to California next week because it's you know it's a good time of year to go out there. It's strategic, and, and I've passed some some coaches for for Tennessee and others in 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 airport lobbies, and I, I mean it's a moving situation. Like I know there there was time, one time I talked to a coach and he was going to be in three different cities that day, just basically you know plane hopping, going seeing a recruit, leaving plane hopping, going to another, and the fact that they're able to do that and and still be able to critique that list, you know I think it'd be real easy, and I guess it's all about the staff you have and those those resources, but to make a board and then just recruit from that for the their duration, well kids get hurt. Kids don't pan out. They hit the ceiling or, or quit football or, or different things. And it can really spin you out uh, as, as how you want to build a class and, and then you start scrambling late. I think Jeremy Pruitt, his, his tenure of recruiting in a lot of different places and a lot of things has helped him uh, kind of build that system uh, that works and, and, and move it on uh, as he stayed here at Tennessee. Uh, I thought another really good question was on if the number of talented prospects in the state of Tennessee has increased over the years. And, and, and Pruitt could have could have gave a coach speak answer and went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Tennessee's so much. I mean, they're, they're, you know, whatever. He said, I don't know that that's a fair question because he said historically at the other schools that I've worked at, I've never had Tennessee as a primary area for me to recruit. So I don't know as much about the history, but I know right now that there's a lot of really good football players in the state and we've signed some. He said, we've exci- we're excited for them. They're well coached. They want to be here. They're good students, and that's always a good thing. He said, we can sign 10 guys from your home state, and I think that helps down the road uh, with the next group. And he talked about regrouping the board of prospects following the early signing period and holding scholarship spots open for transfers. Uh, he said, when you talk about Malachi in particular, he said, I think that was pretty – he was pretty set on where he was going to go to school – there's obviously was coaching change there, and he decided to not sign in the early period. Uh, he was a guy that, that we targeted early on, but we didn't get much traction. He said once he didn't sign, I really felt like Winky, uh, Coach Winky had, had done a fantastic job staying the course and, and, and really kind of uh, keeping that relationship. He said it kind of kept us in the game, and because of that, we had the opportunity to get him here and build relationships, and the last six weeks enabled him to sign today. He said, as far as holding a scholarship, I think lots of times it depends on your roster. He said, everybody's rosters are a little different. He said, you can look at guys based off numbers. You can also look at it based off depth in certain positions and maybe even age. He said, but some some guys that you think have a chance to be really good players, uh, but if you could take a guy that is 22 as opposed to 18, he may come in and help a little bit more right now before the other guy could. So it's all about where you need the player. Do you need him right now, or are you able uh, to develop 
those things. He said uh, he was asked about Wideman possibly playing, playing basketball. He said when he came on his official visit, we got him over there with Rick, Coach Barnes, and his staff, and we do do that with a lot of sports. He said when you recruit guys that are doing multiple sports, you have to do that. Kenny Solomon is, a, is running track right now. He said so it's something in the recruiting process that you lay out a plan for. Uh, they are on football scholarships, so it starts there, but you lay out a plan that you feel like they can have success, whether it's on the field, uh, the track and field, baseball field, a basketball court, but he said at the same time we're being able to handle being a student uh, all in one. So he, he knows that, that dynamic that if you give them options, you know, I can go to Tennessee and do more, then you get an opportunity to get a kid you might not get otherwise. Uh, he said uh, on, on – uh, on if he's coached a player that, that played football and basketball. He said, no, since I've coached at Hoover High School, our schedule there wasn't much different than our bowl schedule here, and we usually played until the second or third week in December. He said, so when football season is over with, he'll go to basketball. So uh, I think that, that cleared that up pretty quick, so uh, uh, laid that right out. He said to talk about Vellis Jones getting in here, he said we didn't have a relationship last year. T knew him. He said, I think there was a point in time where he possibly looking to transfer. Uh, and with the grad transfer deal now, he can go anywhere he wants. He's from Mobile, Alabama, so that's a lot closer for his family. And uh, he wanted to have the opportunity for them to come in and watch him. Um, but Pruitt really, really talked uh, talked a lot about, you know, all the different dynamics of recruiting. And I, I think that's something that he is in his wheelhouse. You know, I think sometimes – you know, Pruitt's a football coach, and, and I think that's what a lot of people like about him. That's what I like about him is the fact that you can look and go, you, you know, this is a situation to where, um, y you know, this is something Pruitt likes to talk about or this is something Pruitt doesn't like to talk about. Uh, I mean, it's pretty point, cut and dry, point and blank. But when you, you talk about it a little bit, uh, Jeremy Pruitt gets real comfortable when you start talking, uh, when you start talking uh, about when you start talking about recruiting, and, and I think it was good to see him last night. Uh, again, he's been on the the road recruiting, and, and you know he's, he's kind of taken the most of uh, of what he's got. But I really like the, what he's doing. Uh, I really like what he's doing um, in building his brand as far as a communicator to the media. Uh, I was really nervous when he came in, but at the same rate, I was fine with it because you, you, you can look at it and you can say, Oh man, he, he didn't really nail that press conference. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And the thing is, is I'd rather him be a really good football coach. I'd rather him be a really good football coach and not win the press conference all the time. Because I think one's going to lead to the other. You don't have to. You don't have to battle for a press conference if you're if you're killing it on the football field. So uh, again, I think that's huge, uh, huge for that. And I think you know moving forward, uh, he's just going to get better in the press conference, and then hopefully better on the football field takes care of it all. But uh, uh, yesterday also, you know, kind of step away from the big orange for a minute and kind of stay local with Blunt County. A lot of local kids signed yesterday and kind of wanted to run through some of those guys, uh, as they have been not only on our show, uh, um, 
or or been talked about or been on WGAP or what have you. Uh, there's been a lot uh, of guys out there. Of course, T. Hodge didn't sign yesterday, but he is a recruit for the University of Tennessee right out of Maryville High School. But yesterday, Ashton Maples and Tommy Letford uh, were able to sign yesterday. Of course, Ashton going to Tennessee Tech, he'll be a Golden Eagle. He just won a state championship on that field. Now that'll be his home turf. And then Tommy Ledford signed with University of the Cumberlands. So uh, really good uh, players added to the, 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 the teams there. And then A.J. Davis signed with UAB. I think that's huge for him and his family. And also, I mean, that's just cool re- renewing uh, some relationships there as not only is A.J. Davis at UAB, but so is Dylan Hopkins or D-Hop as he was called when he was here. But, uh, you know, probably still called that there. But uh, at the same rate, uh, Holden Willis uh, listed as a tight end on USF, uh, their recruiting site. And I watched a little video, again, thanks to Ward, Jason Ward, for for following up and getting that to me. But uh, – and maybe there's some home cooking here, and and I'm just, like, reading into what I I heard. But I watched the whole thing. So, Coach Scott – He's a former coach at, at Clemson, is now the head coach at, at South Florida. And when he was talking about this recruiting class, he was good. I mean, he, he liked a lot of these players, and, and there's a lot of guys that are versatile, and there's a lot of guys that he felt like had some speed or, or had some hands or, or what have you, had length. But it was interesting the dynamic kind of tweaked when Holden Willis came up. And, and Holden Willis – Record holder for touchdowns in a season, uh, Mr. Football uh, Award winner, and and, and state finals uh, runner-up. I mean, he's he's a guy who really uh, made the most out of his high school career. As he he didn't he's he's self-proclaimed didn't get into high school as a as a as a D one prospect, but then as the 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 time grew, he continued to get bigger, get bigger, get bigger, and and it listed him at six four two oh four, and I'm like. Wow, that's a big kid. They listened to him as a tight end on the recruiting ranking. And uh, and when the coach started talking about him, he just talked about where he came from. He said Greenback, Tennessee. He said a small town uh, kind of, and talked about, you know, how, how good his family was, how good the community was. And, and it just – it was like he lit up because he, he understood the the grace and, and things that that Holden had earned – through his time at Greenback, during his time at playing football uh, at a small school level, but but you know I think he understands the work ethic that that Holden has. I think he understands the family that he comes from. He talked about his mom and dad being great. Said his dad's a really hard worker, and, and just you, you could see the coach understand that from a locker room, it's a win for South Florida. From a from a playing field, it's a it's a win for South Florida. And for Holden Willis, it's an opportunity to do something. Uh, that that unfortunately he wasn't afforded locally, you know, and and I, I hope, you know, and, and I'm a Tennessee fan to the utmost, but I hope this is a, one of those that we we look up and say, how did that get away? How did Holden Willis not end up in Orange? Why did this situation not work out? And and not not critiquing Pruitt, not not really knocking that down, but at the same rate, we got to get those guys that are local. We got to get those guys that are close. And Holden Willis. Uh, I'll be I'll be a partial Bulls fan uh, when they're playing, uh, and and wish him the best because I think Holden Willis is a good kid. He called in at 6 a.m. on 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 Black Friday. 
kids are busy. Kids, kids aren't worried about calling into a sports show on Black Friday. He did it. He talked to us really, really well, talked about his team environment, talked about the opportunities that were in front of him, and then ultimately went on and fulfilled a lot of those and got got a lot of recognition from it. So, Holden Willis, congratulations. Again, all the kids locally that signed, because there was a lot of Knoxville kids that signed, uh, but we don't necessarily cover them here. But at the end of the day, families were changed yesterday at, at, a, at an instrumental level, and, and kids have the opportunity to do something and get it paid for that they wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise. So uh, I think it's a great time. They've got to do something with it. They've got to go and work. But at the same rate, step one is uh, is signed off. Check in the box uh, for the, the signed, sealed, and delivered to whatever college they went to. And now it's about going, doing the work, and seeing where it takes you. But uh, congratulations to all the recruits locally. Wanted to talk about that. Big props to Tennessee. I thought they had a really good recruiting class and and had pieces added uh, that they really needed moving into 2020. And then uh, it's their big layover until spring football. Uh, XFL's coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a good minute till football hits us again. College football, that is. But let's take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk Lady Vols. They've got Mississippi State coming to town, a gauntlet that has been the last 14 days for the Lady Vols, and a gauntlet that will continue uh, for the next couple of days. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make. And it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Your pets crave a taste of the wild. Go ahead and give them one. Taste of the Wild Dog and Cat Foods were created to give pets and discerning pet parents a premium grain-free pet food option inspired by what your dog or cat was meant to eat. In every formula, the first ingredient is from real meat, fish, or fowl. And at Rule King, the pet food price guarantee makes sure you'll always pay less, even for premium pet food. A 28-pound bag of Taste of the Wild is $43.99 only at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I. GHT shift printing at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. 
join us for the Blunt Broadcasting Basketball Rivalry Series, Maryville versus Alcoa. Game number two of the series is Friday, February the 14th at Alcoa High School. Girls action starts at 6 p.m. and the boys take the court immediately after the girls game. Wayne Kaiser will be courtside to bring you play-by-play -play of each exciting minute of the action. You can hear the games on WKVL 100.9 FM and WGAP 105.9 FM, AM 1400, and on the live stream at WKVL.com. It's the Blunt Broadcasting Basketball Rivalry Series, Maryville versus Alcoa, on Friday, February 14th, starting at 6 p.m., right here on WKVL and WGAP. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month, and Maine support receives 20% of all sales. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to The Grind. As we move into this last segment of the day, we got about 14 minutes. want to talk about the Lady Vols taking on number eight team in the country, Mississippi State. Number 23 in some polls, number 25 in others, Tennessee. 17-5 and five on the season, 7-2 and two in conference play. Losses to Kentucky and South Carolina on the docket. We'll play in the second Straight top 10 matchup uh, for Tennessee as the number eight Bulldogs come in at 20 and three, eight and one in conference play. Uh, 632 will be the, the actual, uh, I guess, tip time, Thompson Bowling Arena. This will mark the 44th meeting in the series that began in 1986. The Tennessee leads the overall series 37 to six. The Lady Vols will try to snap a three game losing streak to the Bulldogs as well as a three-game home court skid to Mississippi State. 
Uh, Thursday's matchup will offer a tussle between the two, the SEC's second-place team in Mississippi State and the, and the Lady Vols, who stand alone in third place, a game ahead of Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU, and A&M. The battle with the Bulldogs marked the only home game for Tennessee in a four-game stretch that includes trips to Vandy, on another trip uh, or a trip to South Carolina, as well as an upcoming journey uh, to LSU on February the 13th, day before Valentine's Day. The Lady Vols do enjoy their only off date this weekend before heading to Baton Rouge next week. So today will be the game for the weekend for the Vols or for the Lady Vols as the Vols will host Kentucky on Saturday. But a little bit of, you know, where you'll be able to hear this game Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, that's tonight. Uh, it'll be televised on the SEC Network. Courtney Lyle will be the play-by-play. Carolyn Peck will be an analyst. And Andrea Carter uh, will be a reporter handling the uh, the courtside duties. So a pretty good little little uh, little segment there. I think Courtney Lyle does a really good job of of getting in and getting out. You know, and I think sometimes in in broadcasting, and I guess I'm I'm speaking to myself. Um, sometimes you got to know how to get out. So uh, she does a really good job uh, doing that. The contest also can be heard on the Lady Vol Network, of course. Uh, Mickey Deerstone on the call for his 21st season uh, on the call, and Bobby Rader will be the studio host. A link uh, to the live audio stream can be found on the Hoops page. Uh, and then uh, looking across here, uh, some some promotions that's going on. Tickets are just $5. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, there's free parking and shuttle service available uh, from UT's Ag Campus. Uh, shuttles begin two hours prior to tip-off. Uh, join uh, as uh, as it's going to be stronger together. It's a uh, and uh, H-E-R is is capitalized on those two words. The $15 package includes one ticket uh, to tonight's game, a stronger together T-shirt, a $5 concession voucher, and a definite dozen puzzle and access to a pregame event at the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. So I don't know that that's uh, still eligible, but it's something that's uh, um, something that's out there. It says, want to be the junior vol of the game? That's uh, that's an opportunity. Uh, and you can get uh, see yourself on the video board. Uh, you'll get free vols, junior vol swag, tickets to the game, and exclusive events for junior vols only. Um, and then Tennessee enters tonight. Uh, that have won six of its last eight games and nine of its last 12. And two of those losses come into number one uh, South Carolina and, and and then also a loss to UConn up there. So uh, I think some of those losses uh, in the last 12 have really uh, have really been against really, really top-notch opponents. Renai Davis is averaging 23.3 points per game in her last three, shooting nearly 50% from the field and almost perfect from the free throw line. Hope I didn't just jinx her there. Jasmine Massengale averaging nine points, shooting over 60% over the last three games. But Mississippi State comes to Knoxville on the on the, on the the kind of heels of a victory over Georgia Monday night as it was a little bit of a tussle there early, but they end up getting the victory 67-53. to 53. The Bulldogs have won four in a row and 12 of 13 since dropping back-to-back decisions against Stanford and West Virginia back in 2019 on November 30th and December 8th. But Mississippi State suffered its only conference loss at number one South Carolina on January 20th, a two-point loss, 81-79. to 
Uh, where do, where where are we going to go from here? Because I think this is a, a tough time for Lady Vols. I mean, it's a measuring stick time, but Tennessee's in the midst of a four-game swing where they play three of their four games away. And after hosting Mississippi State, the Lady Vols do have an open date uh, on February the 9th before a trip to Baton Rouge next week. Uh, they're in a grueling run, as it's saying right here. Uh, number three, UConn, uh, LSU on We Back Pat Night, which was an interesting matchup. Uh, Vandy on January the 30th, number one, South Carolina, and number eight, Mississippi State. And then we go back to LSU next weekend. So uh, a lot of a lot of ranked teams in the future there for the Lady Vols. But, hey, there's a lot of them in the rearview mirror as well. So I, I think you look at it, we're at home, and that plays a big proponent because uh, being a Thursday night game, $5 tickets, the whole promotionary thing, I hope Thompson Bowling Arena can be rocking and get some things up and at it but uh you know I think you look at it and and Tennessee has had a uh, had a rough stretch you know and I think coach Kelly Harper has had to to culturally make some shifts and and I really like what what's come of that uh over the last few weeks now you know sometimes sometimes you have to to put things in perspective you know do we turn the basketball over a lot yeah but was that not the culture that made the change a year ago I think I think sometimes you got to live with it, and I'm not a I'm not a uh, let's just hope they do the best they can rah rah re kind of fan. I mean I want us to win, but at the same rate you don't make a coaching change and then, you know, and then all of a sudden just because somebody walks in the door it's perfect. There's a cultural shift that has to happen. I mean I think Jeremy Pruitt saw it in year two. I mean he goes five and seven year one, but you really felt like momentum was coming in year two, and, and he starts one and four. I think that was when the culture shift happened on the football field. It was year two. So I think Kelly Harper comes in with a pedigree. She's got 300 wins now. So, I mean, she knows how to win basketball games. Uh, she's just, uh, you know, she's having to put her own mark on it. I think defensively you can see that already taking place. Uh, but, you know, I think we got to make smarter decisions. I think youth is playing a part. I think girls not having been on the floor together a lot is playing a part. So uh, I think Tennessee is having to grow on the – on the fly, I think they play a lot of really good teams right here in this meat portion of the schedule, and uh, and it's really playing uh, against the Lady Vols early, but I think experience-wise, this is going to really help uh, this team. And it's funny because it seems like there's so many upticks for a lot of sports at Tennessee, and, and you know I think Philip Fulmer would be the first to say that, but I think it's, it's because things have shifted, because things are changing, because culture is being cultivated. In fact, is that a thing? Cultivating culture, but we'll we'll say it is. But uh, you know, Rick Barnes is having to rebuild a basketball team that was really good a year ago, maybe even great uh, at times a year ago. Uh, I think you, when you look at at what's going on with with the Lady Vols, I think I think Coach Kelly Harper was brought in because it wasn't because everything was sunshine. It's because there was problems. So I think she's having to build out of that and having to do it against a number three UConn and number number one South Carolina and a number eight Mississippi State. And, oh, not to mention down the road, number 16 A&M and number 25 Arkansas. So, I mean, all of those are left on the schedule, uh, you know, beyond Mississippi State tonight. So, I think you look at it and you got to take it for what it is. If you see progress, then that's progress. Uh, you don't want to see things just stay the way they are. And I don't think that's happened. I thought we were really good on defense early on, but we turned it over a lot. Now we're not turning it over a whole lot, but we're we're having problems on defense. So I, I think 
I think it's kind of like the men's game. You know, we're, we're having to find ourselves. We're thinking more than playing, and you just got to get in there and, and fix things. But uh, in season, it's hard to to make big, big jumps, big, big transformations just because you don't have the time nor the uh, do you want to get that war down uh, midweek. So I, I think the Lady Vols have a good challenge in front of them. I think I hope the home crowd takes care of them tonight, and I hope they put on a good show. Mississippi State's a really good team. Vic Schaefer. Now, there's a reason why I liked him for the replacement of Coach Holly Warlick a year ago. He's a heck of a coach. He knows how to get the most out of the girls that he has, and he plays an aggressive brand of basketball. Uh, so he's going to bring it tonight. I think the girls that, that, that he brings to Knoxville will be ready to play. But at the end of the day, uh, Lady Vols at home is still a thing. Uh, it's still a big venue for a lot of these girls that come in here. And I think uh, if we can – if we, and by we, I mean, you know, Tennessee, Vol Nation, Lady Vol Nation, however that, however that needs to be said, if we can show up and support this basketball team and really make it hard on Mississippi State, I think our girls can have the ability uh, to beat and knock off a, a big-time opponent tonight. But uh, I'm going to go with Mississippi State tonight, not because I, I, I think they're, they're much better of a team. I just think their culture's set. I think Vic Schaefer's been there long enough. He's taken them to Final Fours enough uh, that they're they're uh, they know who they are and they play play a free brand of basketball. Whereas Tennessee has to think a lot, and I think sometimes that leads to turnovers. That leads to to not making the greatest decisions because it's a bang bang play. Uh, and and I think that's something we're growing out of uh, as the season progresses. But uh, I'm going to go with the Mississippi State, and I hope it's reverse psychology. I hope Tennessee shows me up. And makes me apologize in the morning, but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But as we as we finish up here, about a minute and a half to go in today's show. Want want to kind of mention the new things I've been talking about that's coming up for the Vols. Met with Will uh, yesterday at Forty Second Street over here in Maryville, and the website is on the build. Uh, Thegrindonsports.com has been available and is available at the moment, but it's going to be going over some transformation here the next few weeks. That's going to add a lot of just versatility, a lot of buttons uh, for fans to be able to kind of launch from from the website. Uh, we want a, a place to where if you if you want the grind, you can get the grind. If you want to see it on Facebook, it'll be there. If you want to see it on Twitter, it'll be there. SoundCloud, it'll be there. Apple Podcasts, it'll be there. Uh, Google Play Music, it'll be there. And even a listen live to just right here at WKVL.com. But all of that is in the works. So if you, if you haven't checked it out, you should, uh, thegrindonsports.com. And if you haven't or need some marketing, uh, you need to check out 42nd Street. That's 42sd.com. Tell them you heard about it from The Grind, and they'll take real good care of you. But uh, they've been doing it for a long time. They're in Knoxville. They're in Maryville, and they're a professional group uh, that does it with a local feel. And I love what I've, I've had going on so far they're going to recover some some stuff for our social media and as the brand changes it's helped by me but done by them 42nd streets who i use and who i would recommend they've been great to this point and i don't expect that to change from here but again check out mike at 42nd street that's 42sd.com right here in maryville they'll work with you and they'll make your vision a reality. Let's check them out. But I'm out of time right here on a Thursday edition. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, don't miss top of the hour, Jason Swain in the Swain event. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home and you're close, take care, be safe, stay dry, float, and grind on. We'll see you. We'll see you tomorrow, Friday edition, Kentucky Week. You just missed it.